Okay, uh, thank you so much for being here. I'm gonna say that a lot in this episode, I just realized, um, but hey, gratitude never hurt anyone, right? Um, I hope you enjoy this first episode and just know that um, I made the decision not to over edit. The more I realized that I tried to edit and make it sound better, the worse it really sounded or it just didn't sound authentic. And one thing I want from this is I want to, I want to be real. So without further ado, ado let's do this. Hi friend, I am so excited that you're here to check out Her Restored Spirit podcast. If you've gone through something that has left you broken spirited, maybe it's a divorce, loss of a spouse or even a child, loss of a job, whatever it is, I know there is restoration in your future. I'm a widowed mom and I remember what it feels like to emerge from the fog to discover that my loss is not the center of my story, but it actually instilled in me a new hope a new understanding of faith and a new strengthening in my heart, soul, and motherhood. I have finally understood that God has taken my test and formed it into my testimony. And that's why I'm here with you. I want you to step into your purpose, into a newfound joy, and to turn a new page in your book because I believe you are on the brink of full restoration, unlocking a confidence that you didn't know was inside you, and understanding how to live more fruitfully with purpose, joy, and permission to be washed in possibility. It's time, friend, to reclaim your restored spirit. Hi, and welcome. I am so thankful that you're here. Um, welcome to episode one. It's launch day. Um, I have prayed about this day. I've thought about this day. I have worked hard about this day. Um, and in case you're wondering how long it takes to... Um, to record your first episode, you know, a 20, 20 minute-ish episode. It's about three and a half months. Um, I hope to bring that down, way down. Um, I actually recorded several episodes and then as I was listening to them and trying to edit them and make them sound good, I realized that it was my voice and my words, but it really wasn't um, my heart. I realized that I was trying too hard to um, to just sound like I knew what I was doing instead of just trying to sound like me, which most of the time I don't really know what I'm doing. I just kind of go with it and um, add an air of confidence with it and then just run with it. So that's what I'm going to do with this. Um, I've decided to throw away my scripts and um, I do have a little bit of an outline just so I don't ramble. I tend to talk in circles. I tend to talk too fast. I tend to talk too slow. Um, but I like to talk. And so I do have an outline so that way I don't go too long. Um, but I am so thankful that you're here. Um, I know that most of you who are watching on launch day know me already and I am, and I am excited about that. Um, I also know that um, hopefully eventually um, this will be um, heard by people who um, who I don't know, who need to hear it and hear what, uh, not necessarily what I have to say, but what God has to say through me. Um, I am really excited. And yeah, if you notice, I am nervous about this. Um, so just a few things about me. Um, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a mother of two preteens. Um, I have a dog named Arcanine who I got 
um, a little over a year ago. And truthfully, I got him because I'm a mother of two preteens and I needed something. I needed a being in the house who loves me for, for me and is always happy to see me. Um, and that's Arcanine. Uh, I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a friend. Um, I'm an Air Force brat. I'm an Air Force veteran and I'm an Air Force widow. I use education as the ultimate form of procrastination. I mean, how can I put on the, how can I be on the, put on the spot to do something if I'm still learning about it, right? Um, this also leads to the fact that I know a little about a lot of things, which kind of adds to my bossy nature, which um, I know my sister and brother would agree completely. Um, I do it out of love. Um, I use sarcasm daily. Really, it's just an art form that I cultivate daily. I love sarcasm. And um, I love that my kids are starting to get it. And it's just fun as they as they give it back. Um, well, at times. It's not always fun when they give it back. But um, I do appreciate it. Um, I love to laugh and I hate to cry. But I found the importance of tears over the years. Um, I don't like crying in front of people. But at times, I feel like that's the most important thing to do. Um, it just kind of, it's the ultimate vulnerability. And sometimes it happens. Um, I'm a pretty private person. I don't like to get too mushy or too sentimental um, in groups. I'd rather, I'm, I'd rather be more one-on-one with people. And, um, but I am a deep thinker. I always look at different possibilities of a situation. And, um, yeah, and I like talking about deep things and the why behind things. I had an up, a unique upbringing um, as a military brat. I moved around every three to four years, and I have about 20 moves under my belt. Um, I love traveling, and I've traveled alone with my kids since uh, my oldest was about six months old. Um, I, my love of travel had to come from getting to do it so much as a kid. Um, I always thought of it as, as an adventure. But as I grew up, I realized that the adventure of moving every couple of years did come as a price. Um, I know how to get to know people quick, but it takes me a while to really trust them. Uh, not trust issues, but typically um, either the person I would be meeting, either I would be on the way out or they would be on the way out um, moving. And so I built walls. I, I found that it was easy to get to know, to be friendly. Um, to really connect with people, but you could do it at a more of a surface level. Um, I got, I learned to get comfortable um, really quickly in situations and um, was able to do that without setting down any real roots, um, which again has served me throughout my life and being able to walk in and meet people anywhere. It wasn't until high school really that I was able to make like a lifelong bestie um, well, truthfully, before high school, the internet and email was not really a thing. I mean, we didn't even have AIM at that point, and it was still, um, phone calls were pay per minute, and, um, and yeah, like, and my, my parents wouldn't let me spend more than 10 minutes on, on a call. In high school, I had the privilege to meet, to meet some really great people, um, some really lifelong friends who I now communicate with all the time, um, so yeah, in high school, I got to make some really great friends. 
I also met the man that I would marry. Um, it wasn't until our junior year of college that we both ended up in um, the same place, Auburn University, War Eagle, and that we made plans and talked about marriage. But even then, it would still be a few more years before we got married. But we knew it was right, and so we didn't rush it. Um, after college, she and I both went into the Air Force. I went into communications, and he became a fighter pilot. Ladies, if you've ever seen a man in a flight suit, well, you know, that's all I have to say about that. Um, there's just something about pilots. Um, and don't worry, if you really know, once you meet them, they'll tell you. So it's fine. Relationship wasn't perfect. I mean, we had two toddlers. And so there's that. Um, I'm also an Enneagram one, and I believe he was an eight. Um, but, but our relationship was getting to the point that was beyond good. It was so good. Um, we grew into adults together. We were each other's best friends and support. We knew what the other needed before they even knew. Um, he was really proud of something he called Tammy size. Basically, this means that whatever it was, whether it was ice cream or a cup of tea or a blanket, um, whatever it was, he knew the size I wanted when. Like, it wasn't consistent because, you know, ladies, we have the right to change our minds at any time, right? Well, but the thing was, he was always right about it. He always knew what I needed when. Um, we were independently dependent on each other, and we were in love. To say how he had grown, grown from a scrawny 14-year-old boy into a man of integrity, faith, and love would not be saying enough. Um, Dee and I had been married for six years when he went on his first deployment. Um, we knew what to expect because I deployed before, uh, but we knew this time it would be different. Um, when I deployed, we were newlyweds, and that was before we had kids. Um, now we had a two- and four-year-old. And the truth is, every time a pilot steps foot in a jet, it's serious. As a pilot's wife, you can't think about things like that. Um, it would make you go crazy. So you just are proud of what they do. You trust in their skills and in their um, and their wisdom. Dee was an experienced pilot. He was very level-headed. He even won a wing-level award as a student called the Golden Hands for landing a plane that had engine failure. So I had faith in his skills and his training, and most important, I had faith in God. The night that Dee left with his squadron was an awesome experience. Um, so it's like one o'clock in the morning, pitch black, and all of the spouses we're standing at the end of the runway, and uh, we got to send off our husbands um, as they head off into the dark abyss and um, fly to go and protect our nation. Um, there's nothing like standing at the end of the runway. Um, knowing it's going to be dark and that we wouldn't be able to see what jet was his, um, we picked up two glow sticks and a blue and an orange one, of course. Again, we're eagle. Um, I waved to the jets with the other spouses, praying for safety and um, for their safe flights. Um, with all that, the one by one, the jets took off with full afterburner into the darkness. And the amount of pride and love I had for that man was unparalleled that day. Um, what I didn't know was that was also the last time I would see him in person. Over the next couple of days, uh, we would... FaceTime, we would email, uh, we would have phone calls. Uh, whenever he had a few moments, he would um, he would reach out so we could talk to the kids. Um, and 
the day before the accident, um, it was a little bit different. Um, he knew he was going into a, a tough situation. He knew that there, this mission that he was going to uh, be on would be different. And I remember him telling me um, over FaceTime that it'd be a couple of days. It's like, it's going to be a while before we talk again, but don't worry, I'm okay, and I love you. And that truthfully was the last time that I talked to him. When I got the knock on the door the next morning, it was a crazy day. We, I had just gotten back from a four-year-old's birthday party, and my one goal was to get the kids into, like, to feed them and get them into naps. Um, if anyone has a two and four year old, you know how important that nap time is. Um, we say it's for the kids, but really it's for us. And I remember walking in the door, going through the garage and then hearing a knock. And it was like, what? What was happening? Why? Why was someone knocking on the door? Who was knocking on the door? I mean, I just left all my friends. And um, and it was the team to inform me um, what had happened. I remember falling to the ground. I remember not believing it at first, but I also remember a small voice saying, I've got you. I remember a voice saying that this is going to hurt. It's going to be hard, but it's not going to ruin me. And I don't have to go through this alone. There are times that I feel alone, but I can say with 100% certainty I've never been alone. I have some amazing friends and, and amazing support from these squadron, the spouses, the Air Force community, my my high school friends, my um, the friends that I've met along the way who never knew me before the accident. I've never felt alone. Well, no, I change that. There are times I do. I feel very alone. Um, but I know in my heart that I'm not actually alone. God has reminded me over and over and over that not only is he with me, but he has put some amazing people in my path. He has completely supported and taken care of me and my kids and the people around us, too. It wasn't just me that was affected by this. Um, when you lose someone in the military, you lose a brother, you lose a sister. It's not just the family member who feels the loss. And I'm so thankful to have the squadron who not only not only felt the loss with me and shared shared the pain, but also supported me and made sure to know that I that I'll never be forgotten. He'll never be forgotten. And that no matter what happens, they're there. And one reason why I say this is because we all go through events um, that define our lives. We go through good things. We go through bad things. We go through indifferent. The real choice is that the true story is how we allow these things to define us. The day I got the knock on the door was also the day that God whispered in my heart, I will not ruin you. It will hurt, but I'm here. And that phrase has been with me for the last like almost nine years. I didn't know what it meant. All I knew that my life was shattered. I lost my husband, my best friend, my support, 
the father of my kids and the epicenter of my hopes and dreams. I lost the life that we built together and the future that we were creating, creating all with one knock. I share this not so they feel sorry for me or even worry. I share this to say that you're not alone. You have a story that needs to be told. There's power in telling your story. And truthfully, this is the first time in a long time that I've actually shared um, and shared this. Um, and it's actually the first time I've ever recorded it, which is also one reason why it took so long to actually be able to do it. There's power in telling your story. You have a story that you've allowed to define you, to control the narrative you tell yourself and what you believe. Don't believe the stories are the, are the end. Your trials, your hard days, your struggles, your pain is not the end. I don't know what is in store for you, but I do know that there is hope. I know that wisdom and purpose come from the pain that you allow yourself to experience when you're open to it. The journey of life ebbs and flows, but one constant is your vision and your ability to dream. After the accident, my ability to dream was halted for years. My natural goal setting was stunted and truncated to only a few um, short term, maybe even a week or maybe a month um, goals. The ability to see more than a year was completely blocked out. And I know that part of it was a, a protection, a kind of a, an armor that was put around me. Just I needed the energy to deal with the moment. Um, that's what trauma does to you. It sucks the life out of you. And it, it just it controls you. The idea, though, is that it shouldn't control you forever. If God had shown me what my life was going to look like in nine years, I probably would have said no and, and just hit out. Um, but instead, I decided to take those hard steps daily, looking for his presence, looking for his support and for his light, turning to friends who were there to support me when I couldn't support myself, and also looking to other other people who've gone through hard things and just learning from their story and seeing how they survived and thrived. There's so much more to life than just pain. Um, pain is a part of it, and I don't want to minimize it at all. And I know that some of the things that you've gone through have completely left you shattered and broken. But I just want to share that there's hope. And that's the purpose of this podcast. Um, I don't want to get emotional every every week. I promise I won't. Remember when I told you I don't like to get too mushy and I don't like to cry in front of people? Well, there you go. I just did both. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and I also use humor to lighten moods and to change the subject. And that's what I'm doing now. Um, our stories are so important. Your story is so important. And I know that life is uncertain and that there's no promise of like an easy life. But the whole purpose of doing the work and to healing and to learning from your experiences is to step into life and realize it's not going to be easy, but you'll get through it and you can, it will be easier to go through. 
It's not about this, the circumstances itself. It's about how you deal with it. And I just want to encourage you, and I, I'm so thankful that you're here listening, and I hope that you can see elements of opportunity and growth and possibility in your own story as you tell it. And over the next couple of weeks, I really want to encourage you to to think about your story and the narrative you tell yourself. Is it true? Is it hopeful? Is it the direction that you want to go in? Because you have the power to change it. You can't change the past. But every day, the future rewrites itself. And that's what I want for you. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about when I considered doing a podcast is like, what do I want? How do I want to end? How do I want to leave people? Because I don't want people just to look at my story and be like, oh, that's nice for her. Um, I really want you to take part of my story and like weave your own through it and to see how you can grow and maybe just see that if I can go through this, then you can go through what you're going through as well. And we can do it together. Um, and so I just want to leave you with, with a thought, with a, a next step or a, um, you know, thoughts to ponder, journal questions. So where are you suffering and need to be restored? Are you ready to release a little of the pain to grab onto life? It's not important to get it right. It's not important to, to do everything perfect or know even what's to come or the outcome of what you're doing. The importance is that you take it and you give yourself grace and you say, you know what, this right here is not okay, but I will be okay. This right here hurts, but it's not going to hurt forever. So I want to encourage you to just walk with me and come with me on this journey. Um, again, I'm not perfect, um, as you can tell throughout this whole thing, because I am only going to edit a few things out of here. And I decided that that's, that's the route I'm going to go is I'm not perfect. I'm not, I don't have it all together. Sometimes I like to appear that I do just so people don't ask questions. And, um, so I just can like, just keep my head down and keep going. And, but I encourage you to bring your vulnerable self. And that's what I'll bring is my vulnerable self. And we'll do this together. Uh, thank you so much for listening to episode one. Well, we made it through the end of episode one. Thank you so much for being patient with me. And I am so excited. This new journey and this new path that I'm on, um, I will share more about my story and more about reasons why this podcast is so important to me in the future as um, time allows and as um, it becomes important to share. Um, but I just want to say that I would love to connect with you. You can find me at Tammy Marie Coaching on Facebook and Instagram. That's Tammy, T-A-M-I. DM me, message me, whatever you want to do. Put comments on um, my posts and I will reach out. Um, and, or you can email me at, at it's Tammy at TammyMarieCoaching.com. And I really want to be here for you and support you in any way I can. I'm excited about getting to know you and to find out, you know, what you want to hear and, um, 
and how, what would help you? What could help inspire you to take the steps toward a restored spirit? As I leave you, I'm going to give a big shout out to my friend Rachel Wells, who actually wrote the song um, on my intro and the music that I have on here. She has graciously given me permission to use it, and her song is so beautiful. I wanted to make sure that I played the whole thing with the music and the words. And um, so I hope you enjoy it. If you want to find out more about her music, um, I have that in the show notes for you. And I'll see you next week.